This is your man, Brother G2, National Director of Journey for Justice Alliance. I'm your host for the On the Ground podcast. You can reach us on Twitter at J4J underscore USA. You can also reach us on our Facebook page at the Journey for Justice Alliance. You can also reach us at our new special website, www.chaseaprivatizerdownthestreet.com. I'm only kind of kidding. All right. Babari Ghani, Hotep. What's happening? Peace. What up, though? This is your man's brother, G2, your host of the On The Ground podcast, the show where we take a deep dive into the artistic science of community organizing for people who want to do the work, for people who want to understand that we can win. This show is for y'all, man. And um, I'm honored to be here today and honored that you all could join us. So listen, we're here today and the theme of this show is The Stakes is High organizing in the Mile High City, because we know that right now there is a teacher strike underway in Denver, Colorado. Teachers have walked out. And if you go on Facebook or on YouTube, you'll also see students walking out, standing with their teachers. So that is an increasing dynamic that we see around the country in the hashtag Red for Ed movement, really going back further than that, as far back as the teacher strike of 2012 in Chicago, There were community demands in the teacher union's contract and communities, you know, stood overwhelmingly with teachers as opposed to standing with privatizers and school districts that carried their water. So in Denver, we see that there's a united effort from teachers and community. And we have two wonderful guests here with us today. My good brother, Hasira Sol Ashimu, who is the executive director of Breaking Our Chains and the co-executive director of Our Voice, Our Schools Alliance out of Denver, Colorado. And then we also have Rachel Sandoval. She's a middle school teacher, and she's a union rep with the Denver Classical Teachers Association. Uh, She teaches fifth and sixth grade. So I want to thank both of you all for joining us on the On the Ground podcast. Thank you. It's an honor. Thank you. So thank you for jumping on, Rachel. I know who's actually on break from contract negotiations right now. They've been in there throwing tables and swinging machetes and all that stuff right now. So that you're trying to make sure that <laughs> they get the right resources for our children and their teachers get the respect they deserve. This podcast examines the artistic science of community organizing. Artistic, because in organizing, we have to be creative. We have to sometimes find a way where there is no way. But then science because there are principles to community organizing. There are rules to this, right? So we cannot abandon those rules when it comes to being able to speak power to power. We no longer subscribe to speaking truth to power because we know that our adversary does not care about truth. They don't care if they're wrong. They don't care about the moral impact of what they're doing. So we know that we have to be able to speak power to power. and often. That's people power to money power. And so a teacher strike is a major expression of teacher power because that means that particular group has mobilized their members to say, we are going to stop work until you do right by us. And a teacher strike is doubly effective when it has public support. So we have two folks on here today, one a classroom teacher and one a dedicated community organizer who's going to talk to us about what's happening in Denver. So first, let's start with Rachel. 
Rachel, can you please introduce yourself and your organization? Hi, I'm Rachel Sandoval from Denver, Colorado, and I actually teach fifth grade math and science and um, Spanish. All right. I'm, and I'm also with the Denver Classroom Teachers Association. And Brother Soul, could you introduce yourself, please? Absolutely. My name is Cecira Sol Ashemu. I'm the executive director, as you said, of Breaking Our Chains, and I'm also co-director of the Our Voice, Our Schools Alliance. Teach, teach. So, Rachel, when did the strike start, and why are Denver teachers on strike? So we've actually been in negotiations for quite some time. Our ProComp, which is our bargaining, it talks about our, our pay. We've been working on this for five years. We knew 10 years ago it wasn't working. And so for five years, there's been extensions, like trying to figure it out. 15 months ago, we got down to the table and said, hey, listen, you know, this is not working. So our contract is expiring in August. And so there was no movement. I mean, it was literally we were at it's a stalemate. Our past superintendent wasn't listening to us. He wasn't bargaining. They left the table at one point and left us there for six hours. Like it wow. just was not bargaining in good faith. Mm-hmm. So we asked for a six month extension and got that. And kind of same shenanigans. We have a new superintendent that came aboard, but stop playing. She's not new because mm-hmm. she was the deputy superintendent. So <laughs> she knew exactly what she was getting into. And honestly, I don't think she thought we were really going to strike. Like, she called our bluff and we said, girl, there it is. We're done. Mm. We went on strike on Monday. Ah, okay. Okay. So, right now, you all are still in contract negotiations. So, you know, we bargained through Saturday, the last Saturday. Negotiations fell apart. We need asked for a cooling off period because both sides were not negotiating. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came back on Monday and... Yesterday, there was still quite a bit of contention. The district, honest to God, wasn't listening to us. Our final straw is, you know, we need base pay. That's mm-hmm. predictable. A salary schedule that we can understand. I swear to you that doing my taxes is a lot easier than reading my pay stuff. Wow. Um, I have no idea what my hourly is. I have no idea what my base is. I, when I call HR, it's like, oh, take this divide it by this number, divide it by 186, and then that's going to be your hourly. And I'm, I'm an accountant, you know, I, yeah. I know how to do numbers and it's confusing. So our district came back, we asked for lower incentives, you know, unpredictable bonuses. We asked for higher base. Mm. They came back and said, okay, well, we're going to give you our bonuses because, you know, they get all executive committee gets bonuses. Even the head of HR gets like a $13,000 bonus for doing what, Jesus? We don't know. (laughs) So she said, we're going to get rid of all of those and then turned around and said, but we're going to up one of the incentives to $3,000 double to what we asked. And so it seemed like a big F you to us. And that's when we were just like, okay, sweetie, we'll see you on the picket line on Monday. I heard that. So thank you, Rachel. I appreciate you. Brother Soul, my question then, brother, is I saw uh, something on Facebook, like literally hundreds of young people in the street. And so why, why are students, parents and communities behind the teachers? The main reason why students, parents are behind teachers are because of teachers like Rachel Sandoval, right? Like you can feel her energy coming through this interview, but 
uh, we have some really, really dope teachers that are dedicated to their students. Mm -hmm. And over the course of the last year, the conversation has escalated around understanding what the forces are really mm-hmm. that are coming against teachers. So they know that people are starting to understand what reform means, what choice. Mm-hmm. This wasn't true just two years ago. Yes, and sir. so mm-hmm. the education of the general population, in, which includes the students, are starting to understand very clearly that what's at stake is more than just the teachers. It's their education. It's the quality of education they get. And again, like I said, it's the loyalty to people like Rachel. Again, it's 6.30 our time. Sister's been out marching all day. She's been negotiating. Yet and still, she's still there, dedicated, hustling, making sure that she's fighting for herself and and for public education. And so community is with that type of dedication. That's right. And and I I just want to say this for our listeners. Teachers striking for better pay better wages, being able to have a paycheck that clearly states how much you make. These are not selfish demands. Right. Societies that kill the United States in education, they Mm -hmm. treat their teachers like high-level professionals. But in the era of school accountability, where we saw punitive actions begin to be taken against schools uh, around test scores, And then teachers begin to get demonized, just like students and parents are demonized for school systems that have never really loved us in the first place. Mm -hmm. What we we recognize is that the attack on teachers is actually an attack on our communities. The destabilizing of the teaching profession is the destabilizing of education institutions in our community. That's right. Yeah. Now, as the young people say, Let's keep it 100. We know that often the relationship between teacher unions and communities are rocky. So with two leaders like you, it says a lot for what the future could hold Mm -hmm. between the community and teacher unions, right? So Brother Soul, I want to ask you this question. From a community organizer's perspective, you are a husband, you are a parent. I've been in the room with your young people. And I'm glad they liked me because if they didn't like me, they probably would have beat me down. You had some, <laughs> but you had a beautiful, you had a beautiful group, man. They were leaders, and, and what I saw was interesting because a lot of people talk black and brown unity. Your young people were walking it, right? So, mm-hmm. as a community leader, brother, what are some of the short and long term community demands that you all want to see advance during and after the strike? So it's important to understand what's going on with the strike, right? DCTA is not negotiating the whole contract. They're negotiating pro-comp, which is the pay schedule inside of the contract. So right now, there's not room to negotiate everything that we would want DCTA to put into the contract, such as levels of commitment around hiring and retaining black and brown educators, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, putting that demand on, a very tangible demand. And I know mm-hmm. that's been done around the country. So we're very keen to look at that when that comes back up. But we are already raising the questions around and using this time to raise consciousness that there is indeed an issue around equity inside of DPS when yeah. it comes to black and brown mm-hmm. kids. That there's an issue around policing and uh, criminalizing black and brown children inside of DPS. 
just last year, there was a SWAT team that went into a predominantly Hispanic high school, guns drawn, blazing. And we know well that that would not have happened if that were a predominantly white school. Mm -hmm. So we are raising those issues now in the consciousness of the community in preparation for the time that we will sit down, DCTA and the district, along with community, and put these demands of equity, uh, prison pipeline, over-testing, which of course takes a huge toll on, on our teachers as well, teaching to the test. So those are the things that we're looking to continue to push forward when it comes time to negotiate the whole contract. Teach, teach. So Rachel, what are your thoughts on that? Like now that teachers are receiving staunch support from parents and, and community, how would you see teachers reciprocating this support moving forward? Oh man, the sky's the limit. I mean, seriously, what Soul was saying, we've already put our district on notice today. Even though, yes, we are negotiating pro-comp or negotiating pay, we told them exactly what we wanted. We wanted restorative justice coordinators in our school and picking out cops. We want to have smaller class sizes. We want to have more teachers of color, retain them, put them in the leadership positions. And so, you know, we're asking parental input in this as well, because we know that these are their babies. Listen, these are their kids. And when they drop them off, I'm responsible for them. And so they're asking a certain level of care for them. And so this is exactly how we can do that. So I'm excited to work with Seoul and our community. Um, Our parents have rallied behind us. I have not seen this in Denver in a while. And so I'm incredibly excited to see community rise up and literally Fight the power. I mean, it's just been invigorating, and I'm I'm loving every moment of it. Indeed, indeed, indeed. You know, I don't want to hold you all all night. You, you know, I know you all are, are fighting the power, but I want to ask just to give our listeners a sense of the racial demographics in Denver. And That's Denver or in the district? Why don't we do both? Let's say Denver first, then it because and explain the difference. The difference is pretty stark. Now, you know, when you think of it, so Denver. Overall, graphically, I think African-Americans are about 12% of the population, maybe 14%, 4% statewide in Colorado, but around 10 to 12% uh, in Denver. And that's quickly yeah. declining, as is true throughout all the urban districts around the country is the trend. Mm-hmm. I think we're at about 30, 40% Hispanic. That sound about right, Rachel? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then again, maybe about 30 to 40 percent white and the whitening of uh, Denver is one of the fastest whitening cities in the country. Teach, teach. So the school district, however, is exactly yeah. the reverse. It's about 60 percent Hispanic. Yeah. It's about 10 to 12 percent African-American black. And then it's about 22 to 25 percent. Uh, white. But our teachers of color right. are only at less than 10% mm-hmm. in our so district. Not, so it's mostly. I want our listeners to know that is a national crisis. That's right. We are calling it the purge of black teachers from the educational system because nationally, yeah. the, the number of Latinx teachers are actually starting to rise a little bit. It's still not enough, but the numbers of African American teachers are plummeting around the country to give you all an example in Chicago in the year 2000, just the year 2000, black teachers were about 44% of the teaching force. Today, they're like 19.6%. Okay. Mm. And the common denominator in all of that has been school privatization. 
Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. schools close, those veteran black teachers lose their positions. They stigmatize as being from a failing school. They can't get mm-hmm. rehired. They're forced into early retirement. I remember I was going shopping uh, with my wife looking for some furniture. You know, she dragged me out the house, brother sold. Before I knew it, you know, I'm, I'm in the I'm in the store. I'm like, wait a minute. And so we 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 walk around the furniture store, and the sister that's waiting on us, she saw I had on my Journey for Justice T-shirt. She said, "What is that?" And I, I said, well, "You know, we're a national network that organizes around education justice." She said, "Oh, you know, I'm a teacher." I said, oh, "Okay." She said, "Well, I was." And then she mm. was. I taught on the west side of Chicago, and she taught at a school called Nathaniel Deck that was closed. And now she's selling furniture. You know what I mean? At, mm-hmm. at, the, at the furniture store in the West Suburbs. So it is a crisis. And you all working together, because I can feel your energy, is important because we have to begin to redefine what community and labor relationships look like. We have to have the courage to hold our individual bases accountable for like not stabbing each other in the back. Standing with each other, right? It's, it's really yeah. important. It's really important because... The same folks that are pushing black people out of American cities are the same folks who are going full-fledged attack on teacher unions. Right. Same yes. Right? Yes. So I want to thank both of you, man, for spending some time with us today and sharing your wisdom. Do you have any closing thoughts you want to offer the people? I would just say real quick, I absolutely love working with Rachel, for me, she's the new face of the union. Like she represents what a relationship should and could be as far as authentic are concerned. And that's what's necessary in order for us to win is to have Mm -hmm. these authentic relationships that are rooted in common struggle, right? And Mm -hmm. so I am hopeful when I see uh, sisters like her, and don't get me wrong, and Rachel can testify to this, they already tried to play the skin game about this whole uh, strike. And, you know, mm-hmm. enough, it was Black people who were being paid by the district to do that, right? And so, you know, all skin folk ain't kin folk. And so when you find right. who are authentic, uh, like Rachel, and she's holding down the brown and I'm holding down the black and we're doing it together, it's a winning formula that the opposition hates to see coming and they work to undermine it. And I'm just very glad that we've been able to maintain the relationship that we have. Tish. In the immortal words of one of the greatest poets in the history of hip hop, Chuck D, a public enemy, every brother ain't a brother because the color just could well could be undercover, right? Right. Mm, so, yes. So, so want to thank you all for spending some time with us. I appreciate your energy. Thank you. And Rachel, before you get back in there and pull out the aluminum bat and let them know what time it is. <laughs> I want to still do it too. That's the hardcore system. D2, don't let that sweet voice fool you. Sister's hardcore. Oh, she, she got on the phone like, what? I'm at, you know. <laughs> so Rachel, I'm looking forward to meeting you. I'm looking forward to seeing how we can work together. Um, Absolutely. What I like to do now, you know, we do something called Member Spotlight. I want to lift up one of uh, Journey for Justice Alliance's member organizations. See, too often people treat us like, you know, and, and think about it. Everything we see teaches that we can't win. Right. Whether we watch on television, whether we're on the radio, whether it's, you know, the uh, revisionist history that they put in history books. Our children are taught that we can't win. Our people are taught that we can't win. You know, on our podcast, we're going to take time to lift up some of our member groups that are actually swinging 
and contacting. So I want to lift up Racial Justice Now. Racial Justice Now is a small community organization in Dayton, Ohio, Republican Ohio, right wing Ohio, Trump territory Ohio. Mm, and mm. there was a crisis happening. And I want to give a shout out to the co-founder, Sister Zakia Sankara uh, Jabbar. And she's now the national organizer for the Dignity in Schools campaign. And her husband, who's the current director, Brother Hashim Jabbar, they had a major victory. Last year, there was an effort. Think about this. I want you all to think about this. Last year, they closed the only grocery store in West Dayton, which is where Black people live. And after they closed the grocery store, they closed the hospital that was in West Dayton. And then they said they were going to close nine schools. Closing nine schools in Dayton is like closing 30 schools, 40 schools in Chicago. Dayton is that small. The brothers and sisters organized and they were able to save all but two schools. But then what we found out in Dayton, what was happening was that they were suspending black and brown young people, kindergarten through third grade at an astronomical rate. It was insane. And so Racial Justice Now launched a campaign in right wing Ohio and they actually won in a Republican Congress. They won the elimination of suspensions for kindergarten through third graders. So I want to just give, you know, a, a round of applause to Racial Justice Now and lift them up and say that organizing is easy till you have to do it and want to give them some props. So, again, I want to thank our guests for being with us today. I want to close first with a quote that was shared with me by the brother who taught me most of what I know, Brother Baba Fundishi and Padanishi. And he taught me this quote. He said that we must be bold and daring. We must push possibilities to the limit. For our only limitations are the ones we accept. And we're going to close out with a song that I hope that my sister Rachel and my brother Soul kind of make the theme song that they fight in Denver. One of the greatest hip-hop groups ever. One of the most conscious groups called De La Soul. And they have a song called The Stakes Is High. And... Aren't the stakes high in Denver? Aren't the stakes high in communities across this country? So we're going to close with The Stakes is High by De La Soul. This is Brother G2, Tutau Nana. Peace. In a minute, we out. Focal point bringing damage to your borough Be some brothers from the east with them beats that be thorough Got the solar gravitation so I'm bound to pull it I gets down like brothers are found Ducking from bullets Gun control means using both hands in my land Where it's all about the cautious living Migrating to a higher form of consequence Compliments are struggling that shouldn't be notable Man, every word I say should be a hip-hop quote I'm sick of bitches shaking asses I'm sick of talking about blood Sick of Versace glasses Sick of slang Sick of half-ass award shows Sick of names Brand clothes, sick of RB bitches over bullshit tracks. Uh, uh, Cocaine and cracks, which bring sickness to black. Sick of swole head rappers with they sickening raps. Claps and gaps, making the whole sick world collapse. The facts are getting sicker, even sicker perhaps. I stick a push to make a bundle to escape the synapse. Man, life can get all up in your ass, baby. You better work it out. Now let me tell you what it's all about. A skin not considered equal. A meteor has more right than my people who be wasting time screaming who they've hated. That's why the native tongue. Has officially been reinstated. Five. Yeah. Five. Stakes is high.